0: As we um, turn to the message today, I invite you to open your Bibles to Ecclesiastes. Um, When I was a kid, I spent a lot of effort and energy memorizing what order the books of the Bible were in so that I could win prizes in Sunday school for being fast at it. I don't know if I'm quite as fast anymore, um, but it does help to know what things are between. So Ecclesiastes um, is a short book, only 12 chapters. um, And if you find Psalms in the middle, um, go from Psalms, um, after Psalms comes Proverbs, and then Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. If you go a little bit too far to the right, then you'll find either Song of Songs, which is even shorter, or the book of Isaiah. Isaiah and Jeremiah are nice big books. So between Psalms and Proverbs, you'll find, after Psalms and Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, um, but before Isaiah or Jeremiah. Today we're in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 17 through 26. It's also just uh, worth noting, it's Labor Day weekend, and your um, Bible might have the subtitle above our text, Toil is Meaningless. So something for us to consider, what does that mean today um, on this Labor Day weekend? Are we taking a long weekend because toil is meaningless? Well, let's find out. But let's find out by asking for God's blessing upon the Word. And so we're going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to move in the Scriptures and in our hearts as we read together. And we will do so, and then we'll we'll sing, well, not sing, we'll say God's Word together, and then I'll say, this is the Word of the Lord, and I invite you to respond by saying, thanks be to God. So let's pray together. Holy Spirit move within our hearts in what we read in what goes through our minds in the thoughts that we have move among us move within us to give us energy and excitement maybe today we're just tired maybe today it's hard to focus maybe the the words seem hard to pay attention to by your holy spirit Turn us towards your word, so that it may be alive within us. And as we do so, may we hear your voice, O God, calling us away from that which is meaningless and towards a life that is meaningful. This we ask by the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Verses 17 through 26. So I hated life because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I hated all the things I had toiled for under the sun because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. And who knows whether that person will be wise. Or foolish, yet they will have control over all the fruit of my toil, into which I have poured my effort and skill under the sun. This, too, is meaningless. So my heart began to despair over all my toilsome labor under the sun. For a person may labor with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and then they must leave all they own to another. Who has not toiled for it? This too is meaningless and a great misfortune. What do people get for all the toil and anxious striving with which they labor under the sun? All their days, their work is grief and pain. Even at night, their minds do not rest. This too is meaningless. A person can do nothing better. "...than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This, too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the person who pleases God, he gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth, to hand it over to the one who pleases God." This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Meaningless, meaningless. It's the most repeated word in the book of Ecclesiastes meaningless. And it almost starts to sound cynical. But I have to put all my cards on the table this morning. Ecclesiastes is my favorite book in the Old Testament, and maybe my favorite book in the Bible. Now, the Gospels are certainly the most necessary because we need them to, to know the story of Jesus, to understand uh, God's heart and character through Jesus and how he was and how he loved. The Gospels are of central importance. For our worldview. But Ecclesiastes is by far the most enjoyable to read, in my personal opinion. Meaningless, meaningless is the repetitious phrase of Ecclesiastes. Or if you have a, a slightly older translation, it might say, vanity, vanity, vanity. That always confused me a little bit because I knew a vanity was something in a bathroom counter and I didn't understand what Ecclesiastes was talking about. But depending on what you're reading, the word and emphasis is the same. And if you read the whole book, all of Ecclesiastes, all 12 chapters, you'll find that the conclusion of the whole book is not that life itself is meaningless. But rather, it is an exploration of how many of the ways in which we try to live our lives are meaningless, vain, or hollow. So although as you read through, you'll trudge through Ecclesiastes, getting the idea that, that this author has a little bit of an edge to it. The most repeated phrase will be, life is meaningless. And yet, it would be still incorrect to say that Ecclesiastes concludes that life is meaningless. In fact, it is the opposite. Ecclesiastes is written with a quest to find what is truly meaningful in life. And so if you've ever wondered, what's the point of all of this? If you've ever felt like some of your best effort and hardest work feels kind of meaningless in the end... If you've ever wondered that all of the things that you tried so hard to achieve, did they did they really count for anything? If you've ever wondered that, then Ecclesiastes is a book that will speak to those wonderings in your heart. That human longing for meaning in life. To find what is meaningful, we should do just a, a little bit of prep work in understanding what exactly does the author of Ecclesiastes mean when everything is described as meaningless. I want to just teach you a new word, and it's an easy one to say. The Hebrew word for meaningless here is hevel. Now, you know what a level is? You know, use it in carpentry. So just say the word level, but instead of starting with an L, start with an H. So it's just hevel. So can you say that with me? Hevel. Hevel. Hevel is the word, and it means meaningless to us, um, but its most literal word meaning is breath, but but not the act of breathing, but like when you exhale, that that little bit of uh, vapor that you're catching in your face mask, that is what hevel is. Hevel is just that exhaled breath. It's not ruach, another word for breath. You hear about how God breathed life into humanity and creation. It's hevel. It's just a little huh, at the end of every breath. And if you're not in good shape and you run, you'll hear your hevel. But most of the time, we have hevel that we don't even Notice. But think about how fleeting every breath is. Did you wake up this morning and say you're going to count every breath? You couldn't because you missed a bunch while you were sleeping. Every breath is a fleeting moment that that cannot be held onto or contained. And so you could say it's short and therefore meaningless. But rather consider we exhale our hevel, because we are breathing, because we are alive. And so if there was no hevel, there would be no life. If you had nothing to exhale, it would be because you were not inhaling anymore. Is every breath precious to you? Don't really notice. They seem kind of meaningless by themselves. But if you took them away, you would notice really quickly. Hevel is used somewhere else in the book of Genesis, at the very beginning of the Bible. Hevel is the word that is used for the name of Cain's brother Abel. Cain and Abel, if if you know the story, there is um, some jealousy and some hatred that led to the first murder in Scripture was Cain murdering his brother Abel, and we call him Abel, which is Hevel. Now, wonder with me for a moment a pretty obvious question. Did Abel's life matter less because his life was short? No, we would not say that. Abel's life, his hevel, his short lived life cut short by the murder that his brother committed, matters even more to us because it was precious, because it was grieved. We cling to Hevel. Adam and Eve's memories and moments with Abel were cut short, which makes them all the more precious in their recollection of them, though his life was short and fleeting. So next time you hear that story, remember Abel's life is short, and the author of Ecclesiastes will use his name to describe the shortness of life as we pursue what it is that actually makes life meaningful. And it reminds us that we can't freeze time. We can't make it go backwards or forwards. We can't grasp it or seize it. Time just continues on, just like your breathing continues on, without even noticing. And that's why the other phrase in Ecclesiastes is chasing the wind. Have you ever chased wind if you're a kid, you've run around a lot. It's fun when, it's, when the wind is strong, but it's not possible to really catch it or hold on to it. You can't hold on to the wind. You can chase it, you can pursue it, you can run in it, but you can't make it stop. Ecclesiastes would ask us to consider as a whole, what are the ways in which we are just chasing the wind and not appreciating the hevel of life, those short moments that could be meaningless by themselves. Where is the meaning? Maybe a phrase that works well for us this weekend, this Labor Day weekend, is the simple, common phrase "working for the weekend." I know there's also a song by that same name, "Working for the Weekend." It's a holiday weekend. It's maybe for some an extra day off, for some it's not. But regardless of if this is a three-day weekend for you or not one at all, here is the offering from the sum of Ecclesiastes. If you are working for the weekend, the weekend will never be enough. If you are living for your day off and that day only, that day off by itself will never be satisfying enough. Because it's short and fleeting, and you can't make it last longer than what it is. Ecclesiastes calls out our discontentment with the way we live life, with how we maybe get frustrated with all of our hard work and toil and wonder what is it actually for. And I think through God's wisdom, the author of Ecclesiastes knows why we are so discontent. Maybe it's that we're working for the weekend, or maybe it's a longing for another stage. At my stage in life, there are days where I long for my kids to be just a little bit older than they are. While others of you would caution me greatly and say I would give anything if my kids were your kids' age again. Others just want to have kids in the first place. Maybe others just long to be married. Others still are just longing to retire. Others still are just waiting for for one big part of life to get done so that they can slow down and enjoy life. We are always looking forward to something else. Now, there's nothing wrong with seeking good. And there's nothing wrong with prayerful anticipation of what's next in life, what's next in the next stage. For when you're in elementary school, you're kind of wondering, maybe you're excited about middle school and then to high school and then to whatever comes after high school, whether it's workforce or college or some other route that we go. But we can always be looking forward to the next thing and it becomes like chasing the wind because we get there. And we caught nothing except for the anticipation of the next stage. So seek good, but don't think that real life starts at the next stage in life, with the next anything. If you aren't enjoying this stage in life, you won't enjoy the next one. This is part of the conclusion of Ecclesiastes. If you're not enjoying this stage of life, you won't enjoy the next one either. It will not bring satisfaction. If you're not happy now, change of circumstance will not guarantee happiness later. Because we bring ourselves forward in time, and we bring ourselves forward with all the same discontentments, with all the same longings. Hevel short moments that we wish we could hold on to. So maybe we're working for the weekend, but then the weekend is over, and we're back to it. If we use the phrase, don't lose sight of the forest for the trees, Ecclesiastes would want to slow us down and just say, don't pass up on observing how amazing that tree is. Enjoy the weekend. There's nothing wrong with that. Enjoy it. Eat and drink and and be merry and make the most of your moments. Maybe make the most of a a small gathering you're going to go to. Make the most of what you can do with time away from your toil. But don't live for that alone. If we live for that alone, we won't really enjoy life. We will be chasing the wind and not appreciating the short, heavy moments. Because we'll try to make them meaningful in ways that they just can't deliver on. Our passage of Ecclesiastes today kind of concludes by telling us, Cheers to a job well done. In verse 24, a person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in what? In the weekend, in the time off? Find satisfaction in their own toil, in their work. That we started by saying work is meaningless, but by verse 24, the teacher in Ecclesiastes has worked us through all of the different despairs of life and has said we can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in our work, in our toil. Cheers to a job well done. This is sent against the backdrop of verses 22 and 23, which is wondering what do we get for all of our anxious striving with which we labor under the sun. All of these days where work is grief and pain, that even at night our minds don't rest, where maybe our work comes with us and we can't stop thinking about it, that we take our problems to bed with us. And this too is meaningless. And we can do nothing better than to not try to escape it, not try to live for the weekend, but to find satisfaction in the simple pleasures of life. And to check our hearts and say, if I'm not enjoying life right now, it is unlikely I will enjoy it if there is a change of circumstance or life stage. We give thanks to God for the ability to do what we do. Even if we have to maybe start small with some of the little things in life, that we can just thank God for the ability to do the things that we can. Think about how in uh, uh, maybe someone who's gone through a major surgery and has been down and out for a long time, and then they get to take steps again. Walking seems so trivial that we could call it meaningless. It's something we could take for granted. But when it's taken away, to take those first few steps again is an amazing accomplishment. That is celebrating in what is meaningful in life. A gratitude to God for what we can do. Think about when little kids learn to walk. They're not even very good at it, honestly. But it's amazing. We look at them and we stare at them and we try to take pictures and catch it on video because it's something new and precious to us. We long for that. And that's good. So long as we can celebrate the moment and not just look for the next stage in life. Ecclesiastes would say, Don't pass up the beauty of the moment. And maybe the job that you have is one that you just don't like. Maybe you don't like what you do or the people that you have to work with. And if that's the case, then still asking, God, what can I do for you today? What impact can I make where I am? Is there some small joy that I can find satisfaction in my work today? no matter how frustrating the circumstances are or who I have to work with. When I was in college, I worked at a gas station, and it was actually quite a lot of fun. It, this is not necessarily my favorite job. Of course, my favorite job would be this one at North Holland. Um, but, but there were so many small joys that I could find at the gas station. Um, one of my first tasks when I really didn't want to work there anymore was I set out to memorize which customers buy which kinds of cigarettes. And just so I could see, could I memorize this and no. And the funny thing was, as meaningless, truly meaningless as that act was, it started two relationships with people who, as soon as they walked in, I mean, I wouldn't, like, hand them to them because... You know, I don't want to encourage bad habits. But I would always get them out and just set them behind the cash register. And then when they would ask me for what they always asked me for every single shift I worked, they were already there. And it became kind of a fun game. And then I looked forward to seeing these regulars who were otherwise actually kind of gruff, grumpy, and grouchy people. But when they felt known and loved, because they have predictable patterns... We started a relationship, and then we all looked forward to that moment of interaction. It was not all fun and games, but it was finding meaning in what otherwise would seem just like a meaningless existence. Hevel is to be appreciated and cherished. And this is where we give thanks to God. Now, the Ecclesiastes theme is is through all of life. Verse 26, the last verse of our passage today, says, To the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. That sounds great. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. Now, that does not mean that everyone who pleases God has a life that works out well. Sometimes you can do everything right and it won't work out well. This too is meaningless. But it's the mindset that makes the difference. Because the person who is building up wealth for the sake of building up wealth, it will never be enough. It will all be hevel to them and there will be no satisfaction because the one who dies with the most toys still dies. And then they have to hand it over to somebody else. It can be hard to find meaning if we're looking in the wrong places. But rather, those who know and accept that we will have these short lives, that our lives, no matter how many years God has ordained for us to live on this earth, our lives will be hevel. They will be short. They will be a breath in the greater scheme of history. But that makes them no less precious or no less worth enjoying and finding satisfaction in. So, friends, don't chase the wind. Don't look for the next thing in hopes that that will make you happy. Look around wherever you are. Enjoy the day and certainly enjoy the day off. Enjoy times of Sabbath rest, for even God took Sabbath rest after completing creation. But after each day of creation, God looked at what God did and said, it's good. Find the moments where we too look at every day, whether it be a day of rest or a day of toil, and look back and say, it is good, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Or maybe if the day was kind of hard, the day was long and frustrating and things just went terribly, reflect back and find a moment, even a short and fleeting moment, and say, that was the moment that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Meaningless, meaningless. And yet, we can do nothing better than to eat and drink, and find satisfaction in our toil, for this too is from the hand of God. Amen. At this time, Pastor Audrey is going to lead us in congregational prayer.
1: Friends, this morning, as we are reminded by and consider these rhythms of work and rest in our lives, our congregational prayer reminds us of characters in Scripture for whom God called to pay attention to the present moment, whether that was a moment of rest or a moment of an invitation into bigger work. So as I read this prayer for us now, Uh, I invite you to remember the story of these biblical characters and to ask yourself where you are in that rhythm and where God might be calling you to the present moment, whether that's a moment of work or a moment of rest. Let's pray together. Holy being who called us all into life, holy is your name in all the earth. We thank you for all you have shown us of your way. We thank you for your saints, Abraham and Sarah, who heard your call and ventured into new places even when they were old. God, we listen for your call today. God, your saints, Miriam and Moses, danced and led your people from suffering toward a new promise. We await a vision of your love today. God, your saints, Deborah, fought, Samuel, prayed, and they led in different ways. We are preparing to lead today. God, your saints, David and Bathsheba, sinned and were forgiven. We confess our sin and long for your grace today. God, your saints Amos spoke and Esther stood tall for the sake of justice. We open ourselves to your strength today. God, Mary and even Jesus accepted your call. So we accept and attend to your word today. God, your saints Peter and Paul, Mary Magdalene and Lydia and so many more through the ages picked up their cross. We pray that we might faithfully follow you today. God, you have called us into life through the saints in our lives, so be born anew in us, that we might serve, that we might rest, that we would be attentive to the hungry and thirsty, the sick and imprisoned, the naked and forgotten, And ultimately, Lord, that we would honor your name in all the earth. God, we love you and we thank you. Amen.